Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We have a special episode that we're excited to share with you. Get ready for our good friends, sex therapist and sex coach, Stephanie and Fox, who are the hosts of their own show, The Kinky Coach Podcast. You know we love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo and the unknown. Well, so do they. Yeah, and uh, we've selected a couple of sexy, fun episodes from the Kinky Coach Podcast to help you open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. We sure do, but before we get on with their podcast, we want to take a moment to tell you about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex, and nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, when you're done having fun, just toss it aside. And later, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show. Here are our friends, Stephanie and Fox, from The Kinky Coach. We hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to The Kinky Coach Podcast with Stephanie and Fox. Hey, Fox. Yeah? You've been a bad, bad boy. Nice boy. This show contains explicit content and is intended for mature audiences only. This is what happens when an innocent, successful mental health professional falls for a rugged, prior-deployed bad boy. You You get get one one hell of a ride. ride. Hey guys, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Fox. And together we are the Kinky Coach and her Silver Fox. Well, you're the Kinky Coach. And you're the Silver Fox. Okay. Yeah. Just, Just checking. So, tonight... We are going to be in bed with Danielle. Who is Danielle? Danielle is a doctoral candidate with me in my program, Mm -hmm. and she is going to be talking to us today about religious shame and sexuality and all of that fun stuff. I'm pretty excited to talk about this because me being from the South and me being religiously shamed for being bisexual and kinky and all of that stuff. I mean, I've lived with that my entire life. I mean, we've talked about that in the past. I wouldn't even give blowjobs because that was like a big no-no. You you sure gave one last night. I did. I'm so (laughs) proud of the one I gave last night. Yes, I am. But but also just, you know, masturbation and all of that was just a big no-no. And so I was shamed by that. And when Danielle... Was she mentioned something in one of our classes, and it just made me. It, I honed in on it, and I sent her a private message, and I was like, "Hey, girl, how you doing?" Not really, kind of. And then I was just uh, saying, I, "I want you on the show, and I want you to talk about this." Yeah. So to be clear, um, Danielle is a licensed sex therapist and researcher, um, and she also provides sex education tips and resources. She does. Did I get that right? You did. Okay. I'm just very check. proud of you. So let's bring her on, and let's. Uh, introduce her. Hello, Danielle. Hey, Fox. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Stephanie? I'm great. Are you so excited to, to talk to us? <laughs> I'm so excited. How ridiculous is it that we are so excited to talk about religious shame? I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> so it's Fabulous. I think probably because we've both, you know, been victim to it. Yes, absolutely. And we've connected on a, on a level. We've connected on that level and just outside of class and we've been kind of chatting about it and it doesn't help that you're hot. And so I'm just going to keep saying that she's freaking it, gorgeous. It doesn't help or I mean, it, it does definitely help. Helps. It definitely helps. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted well, to Well, it be... depends on which way you want to look at it. Maybe. Yeah. I kind of go there too. So talk to us, tell us who you are and about your education and all of that fun stuff. 
So uh, my name is Danielle. I uh, am a licensed sex therapist and a sex researcher. Uh, like Stephanie said, I'm a doctoral candidate with her. Um, and we are studying clinical sexology together. Mm -hmm. um, I began, I am a licensed independent mental health practitioner. I operate in four states, um, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, Florida, and the state of Washington. So I have clients across multiple different states. Um, one of the reasons I service clients across multiple different states is because I specialize in um, LGBTQ and vulva owners issues. And like Stephanie was saying, uh, when you live in the South, um, and sometimes in other areas of the country as well, it's really hard to find a specialist in LGBTQ care. Um, so I try to service multiple different states so that way clients have access to care. Um, I've been a mental health practitioner for almost 10 years now. Uh, I didn't initially start out in sex therapy. I actually started out uh, in the field of forensics and I was working with sex offenders. Um, and then uh, was just always, I'm sure like, Stephanie was saying, always really interested in human sexuality, really interested in like that area of humanity. Um, and so it wasn't until I you know, kind of became an adult and started thinking for myself that I allowed myself to explore that as a career option. Um, so then I kind of segued into sex therapy and have been absolutely loving it ever since. Awesome. I, and you're also like a bodybuilder and all of that fun stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so I um, used to be a competitive bodybuilder. I still work out as if I'm bodybuilding, I suppose. But yes, I um, used to compete as a pro bodybuilder. I actually won my pro card. Um, so I was a pro bikini bodybuilder for a couple of years. Further insinuating or, you know, just your hotness, go in there. Go in there with it. <laughs> Me being on stage in an itty-bitty tiny bikini. So just gonna a segue into a random thing i recently found out how expensive those bikinis are holy cannolis son of a gun they're terrible so luckily um they're like a couple hundred dollars they can get up to like a thousand um luckily i was sponsored after my first season um when i want i i won my pro card and then going into the pro season i actually ended up getting bikini you can get sponsorships so i got like supplement sponsorships and bikini sponsorships so Thankfully, I was blessed enough to not have to, I only ever had to pay for one competition bikini. And then after that, I was sponsored through it, but they are hella expensive. Yeah, I, I was shocked, but y'all look good and I'm well, like, no material. No, it's just all beads and little, little rhinestones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it sounds like something that you would wear to like Jamaica or Hito or Desire. I thought I don't wear anything when we go there. Well, I mean, to an extent, Cer certain areas require certain amount of fabric. Okay. okay. And then other areas require no fabric whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. I'll be sure okay. to make sure that <clears throat> I'm... You'll see when we go. I'm in the non-fabric areas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, we're actually going to Jamaica uh, this year um, with some pretty significant people within our area of special... Tea. Special tea. Special tea. I'm just creating my own language word? over okay, here in okay. word. Uh, but uh, <laughs> within our speciality. Within, how about within our field? <laughs> yeah, within our field. Um, so it's kind of a work slash fun. Yeah. I'm Part just, just going to call that. And, 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 and according to our accountant, it's all work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is. We're going to do some shows. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's just jump right in to some some topics to the topic mm -hmm. at hand yeah so I, I have a question for you Danielle um, okay. you know speaking of religion and the south and the LBGTQIA and I Elemental P I, I, yeah and, and, I, I, well and I and, and don't take me wrong I I say that with a question because there's constantly it's letters constantly ch changing, changing. Evolving. and so I'm I forget sometimes what the full sequence of letters is now so I actually tell people to use LGBTQ plus because there are it is kind of a consistently evolving acronym and to be inclusive most people would be accepting of LGBTQ plus that uh, you know what mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> that's actually really good I hope you don't mind if we steal that from you well, it's, it's <laughs> no, by all means. yeah it's a thing Okay. So how do you see 
you know, religion impacting alternative relationships. So we like to use the word alternative relationships, not really the lifestyle. We use the term lifestyle when we're, you know, indicating people more in the in the swinger realm, etc. But all encompassing what a non traditional relationship would look like in in America, so to speak. Um, you know, how do you see religion impacting different styles of relationships and sexuality? So in America, the primary religion is Christianity. So most people operate within some realm of that. And one of the big issues, I think, is that if you operate outside the realm of Christianity, a lot of times you're others, right? So Muslim, Jewish, um, we other people kind of because that's the the dominant culture, if you will, here. And so that's what I have the most experience in personally and professionally. Um, I also have some experience, obviously, in other religious cultures, but that's predominantly what I see just because predominantly that's what the U.S. population is. So usually when I'm speaking, I kind of speak to the terms of Christianity, but those can be applied to multiple, multiple different religions, um, certainly in the Muslim and the Jewish religion as well. Um, so when we talk about alternative relationships, they essentially don't really exist. Um, there are some sects of certain religions that will allow for polygamy, not um, necessarily what we consider, you know, like a polyamory, but polygamy. And I use the term polygamy because it is a misogynistic and patriarchal um, structure that exists. So with when one man obviously takes multiple different wives. And so outside of that context, alternative relationships really don't exist. There's a heteronormativity and a compulsory heterosexuality that happens, which is essentially said to mean that's the only option. Heterosexuality is assumed, and um, it's assumed that that's what everybody is. If you're not that, then you can't really be a part, you're not a good Christian, um, you're certainly othered within the community. There are churches out there that are Christian and accept LGBTQ plus individuals, but they're the minority. So outside of a married relationship, sex does not exist. Um, that's kind of that whole purity culture that Stephanie and I have touched based on, um, and that will be my doctoral dissertation as well, um, a book, I'm writing a book on purity culture. And so those kinds of alternative relationships, kink, polyamory, swinging anything outside of a man and a woman being married and having sex just doesn't exist. Hey, Kinky Nation. Do you need help with navigating the swinging lifestyle? Fox and I offer personalized coaching services designed specifically for your relationship needs. Are you the person that all your friends turn to when they have questions about sex? You should check out the Kinky Coach Sex Coach Certification Course and get paid for sex coaching instead of doing it for free. Just go to kinkycoach.com. Lastly, if you feel that you are in need of therapeutic services for your relationship or individually, please visit Beautiful Beginnings with an S llc.org for more information on the counseling services I offer. Okay, Kinky Nation, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I I love that you mentioned the the purity culture and that's what your dissertation is going to be over because it is for me it was I want to call it an epidemic. I know that it yeah. it really affected me so much. But talk to me a little bit about how the sexual like okay so we have a client who comes in and he ta started talking to me about his Fred now I was a little bit confused about what his Fred was and he told me that it's his faith related erectile dysfunction and I was like huh okay you're Fred and you being more of an expert in this area how has faith how is that related to sexual disorders? So it relates to sexual disorders in both men and women. Mm -hmm. um, and I, again, I'm gonna do like a little bit of a disclaimer here. I speak in the binary, like men and women, because again, that's all that exists in this culture is men and women. Um, they don't see anything outside of that. So it causes issues for both of them. Um, and unless, like without obviously additional information about this client specifically, I couldn't speak to what's causing his erectile dysfunction, but 
what I see um, frequently, something I've seen in a client, um, I consult for cases frequently, so this wouldn't be my client. Um, but he, it was a male client that um, was kind of getting outside of purity culture with what I call deconstructing that mm -hmm. idea system and was in a very loving, consensual relationship um, with a female partner and wanted to engage in intimacy and sex with her, but couldn't um, because he was taught part of what purity culture teaches us as women and also teaches men is that women don't have sexual desire. Women essentially put up with sex for men. Sex is for men because they have this uncontrollable sexual desire. We don't really have it, which is why we're responsible for men's sexual desire and responsible for you know keeping their sexual sin at bay. Um, but when we talk about women not having sexual desire, this gentleman could not engage in intercourse with his female partner because he kept thinking he was essentially sexually assaulting her, mm. even though she was saying like, I love you, I, I want to do this, yes, please. And she would say like, please fuck me, like have sex with me. Um, and he couldn't, like he was having an erectile dysfunction because even though logically he knew like she wants to, somewhere in him, he kept feeling like he was assaulting her because he was taught that women don't want to have sex, they just put up with it and he cared about her so much, he didn't want to do that to her. That is so just obscene to me that the world in 2021, still, many people still believe that women should not enjoy sex. And it's, you know, we're here to procreate and we're not allowed to enjoy our, our sex lives and our sexuality. So that just, it still floors me. Right, which, Kind of, if you think about it, like what you just said, we're not supposed to enjoy our sex lives and our sexuality. There's so many hypocritical statements where they they speak out of both sides of their mouths when we talk about religiosity because, um, you know, we're not supposed to enjoy our sexuality, but sexuality is a gift from God. It's this beautiful gift from God. Well, then are we supposed to enjoy it or is it dirty? I'm really confused. Right? So what's your take on that? Are we supposed to enjoy it or is it dirty? Oh, we're supposed to enjoy it. I hope it's dirty, but we're definitely supposed to enjoy it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, I'm, I'm going to hell. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm driving the bus, but... <laughs> if that's oh, the case. I always joke. I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, I already know I'm going to hell. I'm just trying to be good enough that I can get a window seat on the way down. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. I right? just want to drive the bus on the way down. I mean, I'm the fun, the fun bringer, so why not be the fun bus driver? Absolutely. Why not? But to speak to sexual, like the pleasure of sexuality, I, I absolutely think that we're meant to enjoy it. And I absolutely think that it, whatever higher power you believe in, whether it's God or the universe or, you know, insert here, um, I think that really what the higher power would want is that it's consensual, right? And when we talk about consensual, you know, the, the full spectrum of consent, right? Mm -hmm. um, as long as everything that is happening is um, occurring among two consenting adults, I think we, I think we get to go for that. I agree. I was just reminded of a time when someone in the church, an older lady. This is after I got my. This is one of after one of my marriages. Huh? Um, she told me that orgasms were God's gift to women, that there's no biological reason for us to have an orgasm. It doesn't help us procreate. And that um, orgasms were God's gift because we were punished with a menstrual cycle. I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> I'll take orgasms being God's gift to women because we got screwed over with a menstrual cycle, you know, but I think that it, there's something to be said for that because Every organ in our body has multiple purposes generally, right? Like our skin, multiple purposes. It does multiple things for us. Our liver, our heart, you know, they have multifunctions. They do many things for us. The clitoris is the only organ that exists for the sole purpose of giving pleasure. The penis does other things, right? It has a urethra, you pee out mm -hmm. of it. The clitoris, the only thing it does is give pleasure and women are the only ones that have it well let me go back vulva owners are the only ones that have it that's right vulva owners what were you about to say nothing 
Okay. I was thinking. <laughs> I got. Like, I, got I got screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a multifunctioning tool. Our tool is just for pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to have a clitoris above my penis. Well, I mean, you'd play with it all day. Not that that's a bad thing. I, yeah. I already do that. Your penis, or yeah, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and if not, then she's playing with it. <clears throat> it's it's honestly it's a, thing. it's a thing. He when he drives, he sits and he just like rubs his, the head of his penis, or when we're on the couch, and he does it so in, discreetly that you don't notice. I notice because I sit right beside him or watch mm-hmm. him, but it's uh, that's his comfort. It's his comfort it's toy. Like my squishy my my stress ball. Yeah, just rubbing <laughs> the head of his penis. So technically, you do, I guess, have a clitoris, or women have a penis, because biological homology, the glands of the the clitoris and the glands of the penis are made of the exact same tissue. All fetuses are neither male nor female um, until about, I believe it's six weeks old, when the the other X or Y chromosome is introduced. Otherwise, we just have the X chromosome from our mother. Um, And then the sperm chromosome, the X or the Y is introduced, and that's why men have nipples, but absolutely no use to them. Because technically, all fetuses started out with an X chromosome and didn't turn male or female until the second one was introduced. So our genitals are made up of literally all the same material. They're just organized completely differently. And and I'm going to challenge something you said, Danielle. My nipples definitely have a need to be touched. They have. have. To be touched. Yes. (laughs) That's your clitoris. <laughs> no, that's that's not true at all. That's not okay. <clears throat> not even, no. <laughs> in terms of religion and people in alternative lifestyles, relationships, anything not heterosexual, not or heterosexual monogamous, what are some of the other things that you see in your office that people struggle with? Um, you know, it's, it is trigger warning, sexual assault. Uh-huh. Um, it's really sad to say that I have had multiple, multiple female clients. Um, and I think Stephanie, we, we talked about this briefly. I've had multiple female clients come in that were sexually assaulted or raped and they literally don't know that's what it was because they don't have the language for it because religion has taught them that it's their fault, that they are responsible for men's sexual sin, that they are the stumbling block, they're the ones that didn't dress appropriately, they didn't act appropriately, they flirted too much, they mm-hmm. shouldn't have been drinking, whatever it is, you know, you shouldn't have been alone with a man, what did you expect? Don't sit in a man's lap. Yep, yeah, exactly. So it's all these blame games, um, and then I'll have, um, just give like a generic example, no specific client, um, you know, more theme, female client will come in and say, you know, I'm having difficulties with intimate relationships. I don't know how to date or how to organize them. I know it's related to this religious shame and upbringing that I had because essentially no one taught you how to date or act in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And so they'll say, you know, I was dating and then I, you know, I had this, my date over and we were kissing and, and then he kind of pinned me down on the couch and I said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a virgin. I'm not ready. I, I'm sorry. And then he was like, oh, no, it'll be fine. And then we had sex and it hurt. But like he cuddled me afterwards. It was OK. So I guess it was OK. And I was like, no, 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 it is not OK. Like consent. What about consent? And you bring up consent. And I feel like I'm going to, you know, we're going to have listeners that are like, no, that's ridiculous. Nobody has ever discussed consent. Nobody has ever, if nobody ever teaches you that you have the right to say no to a man's advance in effect, and quite frankly, just the opposite, that if a man continues to advance on you for sex, you did something wrong. It's because of something you did. You don't know, no one has ever taught you consent. You have no idea that this is even a thing. You think that it's your fault. You think that that's normal or that's okay or whatever. And and so I literally... Um, talk about like the concept of Fry's consent, which was mm-hmm. um, made by Planned Parenthood that everybody hates. But you know, it's it's a, a theme, a framework for consent that I kind of go over with my clients, and they literally are just their minds are blown because they're like, no one has ever discussed consent with me or ever told me I have the right to say no, and it's heartbreaking. And it's I like to reinforce that you have the right to say no, even if you are 
mid-sex and you decide that you don't want to do this anymore, you have the right to say no and to walk away from it. There's no obligation to finish, so to speak, whatever activity you are doing. And that's kind of part of when I discuss consent with clients and like your consent is completely reversible at any given time, at any point. I don't care if the penis is in the vagina, if the penis is in the anus, if the, if the whatever is wherever it is, you can back out at any given time. No questions asked. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone. And you say this to people and they're like, really, mm-hmm. really, like, really, I can. It, it's liberating. It their mind. It liberates them from a lot of guilt and shame, too, of having to say no. Yeah. Or feeling the need to say no. Yeah. There was actually, um, I think it was in, you had just said, like, at any time, it's it's reversible. And we had talked about um, purity culture. Mm -hmm. In doing research for my book, there was a case, I believe it was in 2006. I don't have my notes on me exactly right now, but I believe it was in 2006. Um, There was a case that went to court and the court's decision upheld that once sex begins, you cannot withdraw consent. And that's it, like a rape cannot happen once penetration has occurred. And the reasoning for that is there was an old law on the books in Maryland that basically said that women were the property of either their father or if they were married, the property of their husband. And the victim of the crime of rape isn't actually the woman, it's the man, because the purity of the woman or the sexuality of the woman belongs to either her father or when she gets married, the father passes it to the husband. So the victim in rape is considered to be, quote, the man responsible for the woman. And because um, once penetration has already occurred, purity has been lost, rape can't occur. So once you already begin sex or once penetration has happened, it is no longer rape and you cannot back out of it. Um, so that was actually a court case that was uh, occurred in 2006. Wow. I hope that that was overturned and that it ended better. Uh, still in the middle of the research and trying to find the background of this court case. So not surprisingly, surprisingly, um, sometimes it's difficult to, to track down the rest of that. Yeah. One of the things that I know for me personally, that I've had an issue with my entire life is masturbation because you're not allowed to touch that. That was supposed to be Mm -hmm. reserved only for your husband. Only he could play with that or, you know, touch that once, not play with it. But that was, that was his right. And if you did that before you got married, you were, you were taking his right away, his pleasure away. And Mm -hmm. to have that instilled in me for so many years, I mean, it, it really took a toll on me. And so up until recently, I, I didn't masturbate and I still have problems. I, it's not problems, but it's still uncomfortable for me to masturbate. I have friends that, had, like even being a sex therapist, right? And some, it still surprises me so much, Stephanie, like all friends that are, you know, 27, 28, 35. And they're like, yeah, I've, I've never masturbated. I don't even know how. I wouldn't even know how to masturbate. And I'm like, what like how do you and it's so funny to us right working in the field because we teach people so much that like to know your own pleasure is such a gift and such a thing because then you can teach your partner how can you teach your partner how you want to be touched and what gives you pleasure if you don't know yourself Mm -hmm. yeah i agree it's oh man it's just such a they took so much from me and i'm and just that whole true love weights concept that when mm. I was when I was growing up, and so let me ask you mm-hmm. this: What is your advice for those struggling with religion and their relationship? My loaded question. Um, mm-hmm. I usually tell people to really, really—I I call it like a deconstruction. Do a deconstruction. Dig deep. Um, figure out what has been taught to you, right? So instead of being taught what to think, I help you, one of my, when I help clients deconstruct, I tell them I'm helping you figure out how to think, not what to think. So religion sits there and not all religion, surely, and there's, you know, I don't wanna paint this wide brush, but, you know, speaking 
in general, for the majority of churches and the majority of these institutions, they teach you what to think. They're not teaching you how to think critically, how to question scripture, how to you know dig deep, read the Bible in context, read scripture in context, cultural context, language context, right? Things get lost in translation all the time. And they don't teach you that, right? They just teach you what to think. And so I, I tell people, think of it, this is my little analogy, if you will. Um, it's like a garden. And when you're born, you know, you have your genetics and your foundation, just like all the dirt and stuff that helps your garden grow. But people plant things in your garden as you grow up, right? And that's that religious shame and sexual shame and all this. But as an adult, you get the choice of what you want in your garden and what you don't. When you're a kid, you don't have that much control over your garden. People just plant shit and they don't teach you how to think through critically these kinds of things. But when you're an adult and you start to notice these inconsistencies between what you know to be true in your heart or what you believe and what religion has taught you to believe, then dig deep, right? And go into your garden. And if you don't like it, throw it out. Like you don't have to keep that shit in your garden. If, if this is a weed, right? This sex before marriage is, is damning and it's gonna like, your virginity is the most valuable thing about you. And it's your best gift that you have to your husband, right? Not your intelligence or your sense of humor, mm -hmm. but your virginity. No, throw that out of your garden. If you don't like it, fuck that shit and throw it out. And I'll help you throw it out in therapy, right? That's what therapy's there for. But the stuff that you want in your garden, keep it there, right? Like maybe you do want a husband that um, cares for you and is a listener, right? Okay, so if you were taught that, keep that in your garden. Yeah. Or if you were taught that, you know, marriage is something that is important and something that is special. If you want to keep that, by all means, keep it. But maybe you don't. Like maybe you don't want to keep monogamy. Throw it out. So that's kind of what I speak about when I say like the deconstruction, start, start learning how to critically think through those things. Mm, that's so powerful. And I, I love the garden analogy. I'm definitely going to borrow that in my someone. I mean, that's all we do is we re, we borrow material from each other and just make it our own and keep going. Totally. I want to know a little bit about your story because I know, I know you're queer and mm -hmm. I want to know how just all of this shaped who you are. Yeah, so it's really funny because someone asked me recently, when did you know you were queer? And I was like, God, that's a really interesting question from the context of, like you had said, growing up in the South. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Nebraska. And I don't know about you, Stephanie, but queer wasn't even a thing. Oh, yeah. No, I like, didn't. Right? Yeah. It wasn't a word, like in our vocabulary. Was, for me, it was, you're straight or you're gay. Yeah. And then when I got older, it was like, or bisexual. And gay meant like lesbian or gay male, right? Or bisexual. And bisexuals were just like confused and they needed to figure it out. Yes. So that's what we were taught, right? So then Absolutely. if you're taught that, and that's that heteronormativity that we talk about, right? So when you're taught that, there's really like no space for you. And certainly there's no space for you in religion. Because like we talked about before, it's you're, if you're a woman, you marry a man. If you're a man, you marry a woman. And those are the only options. And anything outside of that is an abomination or wrong. And so I was raised, um, I went to Catholic school my whole life from kindergarten um, up through even college, uh, went to Catholic school started rejecting religion pretty early. I kind of always joke, um, my mom was the one that was more religious. My dad is basically agnostic. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of joke all the time that when it comes to purity culture, my dad saved me a little bit um, because he was the one that was honest with me. My mom was like, you know, we didn't have sex until we got married. I knew that my parents started dating when they were like 16 and they didn't get married until they were 24. And my mom was like, no, we didn't have sex until we were married. And my dad was like, that's a lie. We waited a while, but we had sex before we were married. And so he was kind of the one that was like, the stuff that you're teaching you in school, that's kind of bullshit. Let me tell you the real stuff. So he's the one that kind of, I guess, reality checked me on that stuff. But there's still a ton of shame that exists in that culture. And my dad, not being religious, was unaware of the purity movement. Okay. So 
he kind of, you know, told me like, you know, we didn't wait until we were married to have sex. Like, and for him, the abstinence, wait till you're married, that's all he knew. But he didn't know, and Stephanie, I'm interested in if you had these similar experiences. He didn't know like the object lessons that we were taught, right? That you're like a chewed up piece of gum. Yes. And, you know, the more men you have sex with, the more the gum gets chewed on. And do you think your husband wants a chewed up piece of gum? Or, you know, you're a piece of tape and they stick the tape to people's skin. Well, what happens when you stick tape to people's skin? You pull it off and there's cells on it. Well, after you do that to two or three people, you can't stick. Well, this is you when you have sex with so many men. You're never going to bond to your husband and nobody wants a sticky piece of tape. What do you do with a chewed piece of gum or a tape that doesn't tape that doesn't stick to anything? Throw it Throw out. Throw it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was unaware of those kinds of things. Mm, yeah, I was when you were saying that I was just had a flashback of a time when we literally had our I don't know youth pastor you who somebody in this I can't remember exactly who drew on a whiteboard and they're like here you are and then they drew little arrows and so you have sex with this person and this person has sex with this person and they've had sex with this person and by the end of it we had had sex with like 50 people and we're all sitting there going but we just had sex with one and he uh, this person was like see exactly but together you've had sex with 50 people and think about all of the diseases and how nasty you are and we're just like freak freak the fuck out because we're sitting there thinking dude all i did was kiss this boy because we were like 12 and 13 years old but they had us believing that even if we did that we we needed to go get tested for everything and heavens forbid if you go and ask to get tested because then you're shamed for that because you're a whore oh so mm -hmm. much and so it's funny that you were saying like this is how many people like because i had a very similar teaching like the whiteboard and mm -hmm. they were like here's one person and then it branches off right and then yes. at the end you've had like you said you've had sex with 50 people and i don't know if you I, I was thinking about that as you had your flashback i had mine to the class that that occurred in and in that class i also remember um, watching a video about like the evils of birth control and birth control pills and they had this couple come on and talk about how um, the woman in the couple was like yeah and I had these medical problems and she of course she never said what they were she just alluded to the fact that they were like you know uterine in nature and they were like the doctors wanted to put me on birth control which is poison for your body and really they were just being lazy because you can cure any gynecological issue for women they just want to put you on birth control and so much of what they taught us was completely medically and factually inaccurate. And as I was doing my research and stuff for my book, only 22 states in the United States actually require sex ed to be medically accurate. Wow. Yeah. Only 22. Only 22 and require I'm... that if, if provided, sex ed and or HIV educa education is medically accurate and factual in nature. That is crazy. It's nuts. The I, rest can do whatever they want. Yeah, that, I, that just blows my mind, especially with us having a teenager and just knowing. I, and, and then, again, I taught uh, public school, high school and middle school, and just knowing some of the stories and knowing their sex education, man, it is just mind-boggling that we still, in 2021, deal with this bullshit i mean i don't even know any other word for it <laughs> it is total bullshit <clears throat> just, just listening to you two I, i've kept quiet because I, my experience uh i i was born and raised in a very different type of household and my mother was very open uh so i i cannot relate to to the majority of this to be honest um well, I hope it's so providing it's, you a better understanding of me. It's shock well, it's shocking too. It's it's surprising and shocking. I know it exists and I know it's happened. Um, but that's not the way we are as parents. That's not the way the majority of people in our life it uh, our friends and colleagues and family are. Um, well, to an extent. To an extent. <clears throat> to yeah. an extent. Um I am yeah. curious about how like as a man listening to this because in purity culture like Stephanie and I were taught that like this is how men want things and yes. men want their women to be so pure right and like that's the only thing they value in you and 
and then we were like part of purity culture is also this underlying idea that like you have sex for the man and you don't have any sexual pleasure and you're submissive to your husband and so a lot of men like really buy into this and dig it and love this culture so just i'm curious like as a man hearing how much this has harmed women and stuff like what what are you thinking so my mother taught me very differently um i was raised around a lot of women um sex was very discussed and talked about um on all levels and so I guess that's kind of a hard question for me because... No, she's asking, hearing you, hearing us from your standpoint, hearing what we've been through and you not being used to this, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, I got you. Um, <clears throat> I think it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's, um, you know, it's funny because so here in Central Texas, um, when Stephanie and I first started dating... Well, it's been almost three years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she would say things to me and make mention of a lot of, you know, very macho type men who believed in in um, sexism and, and just she's just a woman and, and they're going to only talk to you, hon. They're not going to want to talk to me. And okay. Not can I give some with context me. to this? <clears throat> well, hang on. Because hang you're on. not you're not telling very good context. to okay, it. OK, go ahead. Just and and when we were starting, just kind of to provide some context, starting our business. And I was telling him that the men aren't going to talk to me. The men are going to be more apt to talk to you because I'm just a woman and I don't know anything. And I am just, I am meant to be dumb. And he, not being from this region, he was like, oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't fathom that concept, <laughs> that ideology. It didn't make sense to me. And, you know, where I come from and being in the military, a lot of that stuff doesn't exist. Or if it did exist, I was foreign to it because I didn't allow people like that around me because that's not how I was raised. Um, I was very much raised with equality. The the, fair, the very few thing, good things my mother did instill in me, um, equality was definitely one of them, regardless of your color or what's in between your legs or, you know, what religion you come from. We're all still human beings and we should all treat each other equally. That's what I was taught. So when she came to me with this ideology, I did, I kind of, I kind of laughed at her and I was like, I think you're just making assumptions based off your, your, your past relationship. Like people aren't like this. (laughs) Um, And I quickly discovered the opposite where I, I would have to challenge other men and I'm like, I don't know why you're talking to me, you know? So for instance, when we, when we found a building, a commercial building for her, her counseling practice, I have, I am not an LPC. I'm, I'm not licensed. Um, you know, I do not hold my degree in psychology. Uh, my degrees are in different areas, completely opposite. Uh, and so they would, she would pose a question, they wouldn't answer her. I would then pose the question they would answer. And I found myself having to challenge them and go, hey, this isn't my damn company. This is hers. You need to talk to her. I have no authority here. Like, I'm not the professional. She is, you know. Um, and it's just kind of interesting. We still deal with that now with one of our radio shows. Yes, I'm not going to name the name, but one of the radio shows that 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 uh, produces well, it doesn't produce, yes, but, it, but it submits our airs our, show. our airs our show. This gentleman, for some reason, refuses to answer Stephanie, um, refuses to put her name in front of mine. Everything is Fox and Stephanie, and I've I can't tell you how many times I've corrected this guy, and I'm like, hey, it's actually Stephanie and Fox. <laughs> Um, I am just a sex and relationship coach. I do not hold nearly close to the education or, you know, professional nature that she does uh, within this field. You need to address us appropriately. Like this is, it is Stephanie and Fox, not Fox and Stephanie. Um, And to this day, he still just, I don't know if he refuses or 
He just doesn't understand what I'm saying to him. I, I don't know. I can't even tell you. Uh, but I got to be honest, sometimes it makes me want to wrap my damn hands around these guys' necks and just strangle the dumbness out of them and go, hey, I don't know what you think or, or how you were raised, but uh, I know women in the military that can kick your ass as easily as I can. So <laughs> I think Danielle could kick some, some of these men's ass. <laughs> just Right? Stick me on him. I'm ready. I know. <laughs> and going back to just them completely ignoring me and not thinking that I, I mean, I guess I'm just meant to, to look pretty and that's just, you just sit there and look pretty. And I was taught women were meant to be seen and not heard. And mm-hmm. he's having a hard time with that with me because I don't speak up very often because that's what was instilled in me for so many years. Yeah, actually that's very, yeah, we do have that. We go back and forth. But <clears throat> I have, I'm proud to say I'm getting better. You are getting very well. Much I think I was just discussing this with someone, Stephanie. There's that that idea, um, you know, like we you, we were doing this podcast today, and sometimes for me, it's still like crazy to me when I get emails from people, and they're like, you know, because I teach classes and I do these things, and people will be like, "Hey, we're looking for a sexuality expert," and I'm like, "Well, oh, wait a minute, that's me. Oh, yes. That's me. That's me. Yeah. Okay, that's me. Yeah." <laughs> so because there's this idea in in that that religion and that purity culture movement of like, who do you think you are, mm-hmm. right? Like as a woman being successful, having a voice, standing up, like having your own opinion, who do you think you are? Absolutely, absolutely. It's just interesting. And as much as you want to get rid of it. It's not it's going anywhere. Sometimes. In, it's even prevalent in the lifestyle for us people will go to fox and they're like hey so uh yeah let's talk about me playing with stephanie and he's like well have you talked to her about it and they're like no i'm coming to you first and he's like well maybe you should talk to her yeah talk to her first get her consent and then then her and i will talk about it that's what i told most of them but you know i i will say on some level i understand the respect because there is a lot of women that come to you first actually 99% 99% of the women go to you first. I never even hear about it. You end up telling me about it. Yeah, I guess. So is it a respect thing or is it? <laughs> you know, it could be both. It, it, I think that I don't think that when a lot of these gentlemen approach me, I think I don't think it has anything to do with your your gender. Okay. I really I just think it's a respect thing. They're trying to hey, do I have your permission? as her partner to talk to her on this level because they don't want to upset anybody. Um, but my response is the same. You need to go talk to her first. Yeah. And if she wants to play with you, then her and I will talk. And then, you know, obviously if everything's good, trust me, she'll let you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's your body they're playing with, not mine. So yeah. <laughs> it's... Speaking of playing with bodies, <clears throat> Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'm going to be in Florida in September. We are going to be uh, going to an award show, and I I want to meet you. Like I want us to to hang out. You seem like you'd be really cool to hang out with. Come on, I told you to come on down. Like I have sent people listening. I have sent Stephanie pictures of the beach that I live on. Mm-hmm. Like. I live down in Florida, uh, like on the Gulf, well, on the Gulf Coast. Um, and September is actually a really beautiful time. Uh, and the Gulf, where I live on the Gulf, has these beautiful, just white sand beaches, beautiful sunsets. So, uh, absolutely. And like beach chairs, glasses of wine, <coughs> beach music, like we should absolutely be doing this. Mm, you're just speaking my language. With mm-hmm. the beach? Oh, and That's private beach, wild. too, actually. I, um, in my neighborhood, at the end of my neighborhood, is a private beach, and almost no one's ever on it, so it's perfect for, like, topless sunbathing. Oh, well, you know, I'm very white, right? so I'll need to tan because I'm very <laughs> white. <laughs> <clears throat> we'll bring an umbrella. Yeah, we'll need that, and lots of sunscreen. So, exactly. I have a question. Uh what are the chances you would jump out of a plane with us? 
jump out of a plane, like skydiving? She wants to. Yes. One hundred thousand percent. I love skydiving. Done. So we're gonna bring our. Done and done. Yeah, we'll bring our our. Our jump gear. Our gear. Our, I almost called it our equipment. Um, which kind of is, but we'll bring it all when we come to Florida and we're going to go jump out of a plane with you. Hell yes. So we actually, um, in September, it should, the weather should be lovely enough. Um, we should be able to jump out onto the beach. <clears throat> I will have my B license you by then. You will have to get your B I license. I will have my B license or by you then. you will not be able to. He's, I will. All I need to do is my water course. Okay. That's all I need to do. You better hurry up. Well, we have friends that keep telling us to come over and do it. It's just, it's a little cold right now. Well, I did it in February. <laughs> so, that's you. <laughs> I know. You I will have get it. it. Done. I will have it. <clears throat> so, in, in, in skydiving, Danielle, once you become licensed, um, things aren't always greener on the other side because you are then expected to pick up certain certifications and take certain courses in order to jump near the water. And I've taken uh, the courses. I've, yeah. I've taken the classroom portion. I just have not done the water portion of it yeah. yet. All she has to do is jump in the damn pool and get out of her harness, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can do that by September. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No, it'll oh, be yeah. done by September. Absolutely. <laughs> it'll be done sooner there you than go. that. But, okay, as we begin to wrap up. Hang on. That's going to be a really – can you imagine the TSA guy opening our stuff scene? Sex toys, lube. All the other shit we're bringing to the ASN awards and skydiving equipment oh, yeah. and whatever the hell else we're going to have. I mean, yeah. we are going to have quite the luggage. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to make a TikTok I, video about our luggage. <laughs> that's okay. I'm a really big believer. At, like, if TSA finds stuff, like, I own it, man. Like, it's hard <laughs> for people to shame you in areas that you own, right? So, like, they, if they ever open stuff, I'm like... Yeah, man, that's a pink dildo. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the lube's on the other side of the suitcase. You want to take a look? Yeah, you need to. Tastes pretty good too. <laughs> I know. I'm all about three ounces or less, and the three ounces or less. Yep. Exactly. Okay, so as we're wrapping up, can I wrap up now? You can wrap up now. Okay. Well, you better always be wrapping up if it's not me. Oh, well, yes. Always wrap up. <laughs> I always make sure that it's the rain jackets are on. So, what it, um, yeah, I just lost my thought. I know what you want to ask. Okay. <laughs> so, what would be some, some key advice you would give to people that are struggling with their religion and their sexuality in general. That whenever, we haven't talked about that, already. Yeah, that we haven't discussed. Parting so, words of wisdom. Parting words of wisdom. I, and I'm not just saying this because of what we do for a living. I really think seeing a therapist, specifically seeing a sex therapist if you can, if you can find one. I know that many times it's difficult to find one that works with your insurance. Um, you know, find a sex therapist or find a therapist that has experience in religious shame because you know you can definitely do stuff on your own. So if, if someone's not ready to see a therapist, or again, many times too ashamed or too embarrassed to see a therapist, bibliotherapy goes a long way. Um, I recommend Come As You Are, Emily Nagoski. Um, she Comes First is a book that's written for men about women. Um, <clears throat> there's uh, Becoming Clitorate. So there's multiple, um, there's a book called Shameless about, mm. you know, rejecting shame surrounding sexuality. So if you're not ready to see a professional, bibliotherapy can, oh, um, Pure, by the way, is another uh, specific book on purity culture, Linda K. Klein. Um, so just reading to help with that deconstruction process, to help you start to question, because many times you don't even know what questions to ask. You just know you're confused. Mm -hmm. So reading can help you come up with questions journaling on what you've read highlighting things that speak to you so you can go back and think on them and then yes of course seeking out a professional that has experience in this area that can really help you untangle some of that shame because like you and i talked about you know we've gone to our own therapy we are therapists and still it affects us yes. still we have that shame that creeps in Absolutely. And I just want to announce to the world that Shameless, that book by Nadia Weber-Boltz, absolutely opened my eyes and helped me realize how fucked up I really was when it came to sex and religion and all of that. 
I yeah. read that book and I went to Fox and I was like, oh my gosh, I am more fucked up than I ever imagined. And so <laughs> being able to identify that and being able to say, okay, I, I know that I have a problem. Let's work through this problem and know that I'm not the only one in the world who felt that way was liberating for me. Yes. So liberating. And that's another thing. Like, I'm so glad that you brought that up is there's a lot of Facebook groups. There's Instagram hashtags. I speak a lot about purity culture on mine. Search out those people, right? Like search out other people who have started the deconstruction process that speak to what that was like to them. And that can be really helpful to, to hear other people's experiences. So that way you can be like, because it really is Stephanie, like you have this moment where you're like, holy crap, it's yeah. not just me. Yeah. So tell us how we can find you so people can seek you out if they want to. <laughs> so my website is dkramercounseling.com and my Instagram is in bed with Danielle and my Instagram is sex therapy focused. Uh, I do, I talk a lot about like vulva owners issues, LGBTQ issues. Um, and obviously I, I talk a lot about theory, culture, and religion. Perfect. You know, it's kind of why I said we were getting in bed with Danielle and you see how I tied that in. Mm -hmm. I think you have ulterior motives. If you would like to get in bed with me, find me on Instagram. Oh, what? say that one more time. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, can you just repeat yourself real fast? <laughs> Stephanie was like, wait, what? How? Where's the how-to? There's a book for this? <laughs> well, I'm writing one, but uh, I was going to say, if you'd like to get in bed with Danielle, you can find me on Instagram. It's just that easy. She wasn't giving you permission. That's that baby. easy. It's that easy. You know, I hate to say it, but I'm just that easy. Oh, I knew it. She's a girl after my heart. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> well, Danielle, it's been a lot of fun and very informative. We definitely appreciate your time. Absolutely. I cannot say thank you enough for helping me. This is such an important topic. And Sometimes I get very passionate about things and I don't use my, I don't word well, I don't speak well. And you've really allowed me to speak on a topic that is not spoken about much. It's not openly discussed. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for all of your research and your hard work. And I look forward to reading your book once you've written it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I was so excited. I was telling Stephanie, she, she contacted me and I was like, oh my God, the kinky coach? Yes, of course I'll be on it. So thank you so much for having me, guys. I might have screenshot your um, message and send it to Fox. And I was like, look, she's excited. <laughs> <laughs> that may, that yeah, may be that true. Be <laughs> it may be really true, honestly. Well, <laughs> as always, we want to thank our listeners for tuning in. And um, we hope that you... Find us on all of the social media outlets. We're on Facebook, the Twitter, Instagram. The book face. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you can also follow us on our website, kinkycoach.com. That is coach with a K. Give us a thumbs up if you like us. Um, you know, friend us and... Give us a follow, a, fo a tweet, a retweet. Uh, I feel like we're so a share, like, cool you know, talking about all this stuff. Help us out. Help. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions that you want to ask me personally, you can go to Ask Stephanie on our website. Um, it's in ASN Magazine. There's so many cool things that we can talk about. And if you want that anonymity and you don't want to really be out there to the world, but you do have questions, you can reach me that way. You can um, follow us on, like I said, all of the social media outlets. What a fun, what a fun show. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys soon. As always, thanks for listening. Have a good night. Good night. Hey, Fox. Not again. Why don't you tell them where they can find us? Oh, so you can find us on the book face. Facebook. Yeah, that thing. Uh, at the Kiki Coach. Or you can find us at any of the adult beverage websites you like that i do yeah yes yes because you're tasty getting oh, you're thirsty yeah. yes thirsty uh, so you can look for either luna underscore and underscore logan or you can look for the kiki coach and her the silver, silver fox. fox yeah so thank you for listening and we hope you have a very sexy evening have a good night you are listening to the kinky coach podcast with stephanie and fox 
We sure hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Special thanks to Stephanie and Fox for guest hosting. And if you want to contact Stephanie and Fox or their special guest, just go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information. And you know, we're learning more and more every week with all our expert guests, and we hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolindavid.com. And remember, please stay safe and healthy and follow the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, practice social distancing, please wear a mask. And of course, when your turn comes up, get your vaccination. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. On behalf of Stephanie and Fox, Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 